Thank you for joining us for today's Real Life Today Bible Study with Dr. Brad Witt from the Book of Romans. Thank you for your prayer and support that enables us to share this practical biblical teaching. So grab a Bible, a notebook, and a pen, and let's study God's Word together. All right, hey, Romans chapter 6 today. And uh, I was thinking earlier today, you know, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s and uh, early 90s. And so contemporary Christian music, that was, again, that was the soundtrack for my life. And uh, yes, I listened to rock and roll back then. I had one of our older guys ask me, uh, not older guys, one of our retired pastors uh, asked me last night, do I listen to rock and roll? Absolutely. And uh, he said, do you like Leonard Skinner? Absolutely. And, uh, but I, li- I listened to contemporary Christian music all the time growing up. And, uh, you know, you had Rich Mullins. There was a famous song. We sung it in church forever. When I started out as a pastor in the 90s, uh, it was in all the churches uh, called Step by Step. Step by Step, you'll leave me and I'll follow you all my days. And, uh, you know, that really is a good, a good way of describing the Christian life. Uh, it's step by step. And so what Paul does here in Romans chapter 6 is he's continuing giving us the step by step because <clears throat> a step by step by step by step by another step and then on, that's called a journey. And, uh, and so if you'll remember so far in the book of Romans, he's already given us the first step. And that is just to make us realize that we're sinners and we're under the condemnation of sin. And the key verse for that, of course, is Romans chapter 1 verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The first step is realizing we are sinners and we are under condemnation. And then the second step, step by step, the second step is to uh, understand that God has provided a way out, a way for us to be rescued from the condemnation of sin. And that is through faith and trust, repentance, faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when you trust Christ, you're saved. The technical theological word is you are justified. And uh, we talked a lot about justification in chapter 3 through 5. And uh, again, the key verse there is Romans 3 verse 24, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so as we come now to Romans chapter 6, step by step, we're coming to the third step, and that is sanctification. And so um, you've got condemnation, justification, now sanctification. Now, what you're going to discover is that in Romans chapter 6, what Paul does is he, he, he does a little bit of a contrast here um, with justification. And, and, and really what you need to understand, we've talked about this before, justification deals with the penalty of sin. Uh, by the way, that's death. That's Romans 6.23. Uh, but then God justifies us based on our faith in Jesus Christ. doesn't mean that we're pure and innocent and we never have sin, <clears throat> but it does mean that the righteousness of Christ is imputed, placed on our account. We don't do anything for this. He did it. Uh, we're simply declared to be righteous uh, at a point in time when you trust Jesus Christ. And from that point on, uh, we're treated as if we are. And so again, justification means that we are delivered from the penalty of sin. But now we're getting to sanctification. That deals with the power of sin. So justification, we are delivered from the penalty of sin. And then sanctification, we are being delivered. We're being freed from the power of sin, what it does in our life, the effects that it has on us and uh, the bondage that it has on us. And so, by the way, both justification and sanctification, they're all acts of the grace of God. But now sanctification is um, sanctification is a process. Salvation is not. Salvation is an instantaneous event where you step from death to life. 
And uh, but sanctification, yes, it is a a process. And so what he does, uh, he he draws some other contrasts as well. Uh, justification deals with the unsaved sinner. Uh, sanctification deals with the saved sinner. Uh, the end result, if you will, of justification is salvation. And the end result of sanctification is our obedience. But now as you come to Romans 6 verse 1, there's absolutely something here that is absolutely un unthinkable. It's just, it's just boggles the mind. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Remember where you were, 9-11? Remember where you were? I was sitting in staff meeting at Jersey Baptist Church in Pataskala, Ohio, outside of Columbus. Uh, we were getting toward the end of staff meeting, and uh, Irv Andy, the uh, facilities guy, he rolled in a TV on a cart, and we watched in utter horror, unbelief, as the second now, because they'd already had one plane fly into the World Trade Center, now the second one. We sat there, and not long after that, the towers fell. Absolutely unthinkable. I mean, only somebody with deep emotional, mental issues would consider even doing anything like that. And so what Paul is saying here is that he's equally shocked. We sat there, we just absolutely shocked. And Paul said that he's equally shocked that there were some Christians who were saying, man, that's great. Man, I am saved. Now I can live in sin. And uh, man, all that does is that, that just gives God a greater opportunity to show even more grace than he's ever shown before. And to that, Paul says, are you out of your mind? Certainly not. And uh, just with indignant. Uh, and, and so, again, only somebody with deep spiritual problems would even consider uh, thinking anything like that. But unfortunately, there are a lot of folks who do have that thought. And uh, there, there are reasons for that. And uh, Paul kind of, um, kind of alludes to them down through there. Uh, first of all, they don't have a correct understanding of sin. They have a flawed, faulty understanding of what really sin is. And there are a lot of folks who don't understand really what sin is. I mean, ask people today. Ask questions today uh, of people. And uh, see what they really think is bad. What you're going to find is that things like parking in handicap spots are worse than murder or abortion or living together, premarital sex, all those sorts of things. Uh, not helping somebody across the road, not being kind to somebody is going to be worse than sexual deviancy, those sorts of things. That's the kind of world that we live in today. And uh, again, <clears throat> if you think um, that, um, let's see, if you think that parking in a, in a handicapped parking spot is worse than, um, or, or maybe even, hey, you're at school, cutting in line. If you think that's worse than some sort of illicit sexual relationship, you don't understand uh, really what the Bible has to say about sin. So some people just have a faulty, flawed understanding of sin. And by the way, I would say this. All sin is the same in essence, but it's not all the same in effects. That's really important for us people to understand. Uh, other folks just don't have, it, don't have any idea that they're, they're accountable. They're responsible. Uh, there are a lot of people that have the false, again, flawed assumption uh, they don't have to be responsible for their actions. And, uh, you know, growing up, uh, again, in the 70s and 80s, uh, you have what's called the permanent record. And, uh, and your teachers would use that a lot. I'm like, this is going to go in your permanent record. And you didn't want anything to go in your permanent record. And uh, I don't think they do that anymore. Uh, and uh, because you just didn't want anything that's going to follow you all the rest of your life. Uh, go, go on your permanent record. And, uh, well, people today don't think that there's anything like that even out there spiritually, and yet there is. God does keep a record. The Bible says in Romans 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. By the way, folks, there is a permanent record, and uh, it's only the blood of Jesus Christ that can wipe away, cleanse, 
uh, and clear these books. And so some people just have a flawed, faulty idea of what sin is. Other folks don't realize that they're going to be held accountable. Uh, other folks have this warped uh, sense of and way of thinking. Uh, that they, they have this idea that if I sin more, that it's going to glorify God more. Uh, God, because God can show more grace. And if I sin more, somehow God's going to uh, uh, be, be glorified even more. <clears throat> All that does is take advantage of the grace of God. That doesn't, uh, that's not correct. Uh, and so if, if we're going to accept the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, again, as atonement for our sins, then we've got to take seriously the command to live righteously in a crooked, per crooked perverse, wicked, evil, sinful world. That's Philippians 2, verse uh, 15. And uh, then picking up in verse 3, look what he says. He said, but certainly not. But then he says, I do know this one thing. Or do you not know that as many of, as, of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be, be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. That's great. Now, if we died with Christ, we shall believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, there was an evangelism professor. Uh, he, he used this illustration in class. He, he, he would talk about how there was this, uh, this guy uh, who would walk around with a fried egg hanging from his ear. And when people would ask him, why do you have that fried egg hanging from your ear? He would talk about, how, well, it brings me comfort, it brings me peace, uh, uh, it, it, it brings me joy. And, and nobody could really say anything to him because you can't argue with how a guy feels. It makes me feel safe. It makes me feel comfortable. You can't argue with the guy's feelings, but you can argue facts. And so that's what Paul is doing here in Romans chapter 6. And um, you know, there, there, there are people who even approach their sanctification based on feelings and not facts. Uh, if they feel good, then they think you know feel, feel think things are going good. Then they feel like they're being sanctified. Uh, <clears throat> if they if they feel um, uh, that they're they're not, then they they feel like they're again something's wrong in, in their spiritual walk. In, in reality, real sanctification isn't based on what you do or what you feel. It's based on fact, and so. What we need to learn, and Paul's dealing with it here in Romans chapter 6, we need to know, we need to understand what Jesus Christ did for us, what he has done for us when we trusted him and accepted him into our heart and our life. And so that, that's why Paul, uh, he says in verses 3 through 11, there, there are four facts. We're going to give these and we're going to wrap up today. There are four facts that we need to know um, about our life um uh, uh, after we've come to know Christ rather than B.C., before Christ. And uh, the very first thing is there in verses 3 through 5. He, you can just read it there. He says we have a new family. We have a new family history. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love adoption. I love uh, watching and seeing the wonderful stories of adoption and uh, the families in our church who've adopted children. I love, I love the stories. And I love watching what God does in the lives of that young person as well as the family. And uh, <clears throat> if, if you adopt a, a, a child... Your family history becomes his family history. If you have 
uh, politicians and presidents, uh, they become part of their family. If you have um, um, bank robbers and, and uh, horse thieves and those sorts of, sorts, of th- sorts of things, they become their family history as well. And uh, they can either be proud of it or embarrassed of it. But when you are adopted into a family, the family's history becomes your family history. And uh, when we became when we came, we came to know Christ, uh, we we were adopted into God's family. And uh, not only were we adopted into God's family, we were placed in Christ. Uh, that's the scripture term. We were placed into Christ. That means that every part of the life of Christ becomes part of our life. By the way, including his death and his resurrection, Paul says, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so I love this. One preacher put it this way. He said, our past is replaced by Christ's past. In the eyes of God, our past is replaced by Christ's past. Uh, and so we have a we have this new family history, and then also we have a new life to live. Uh, that's verse four. Uh, Paul talks about the fact that we are new creatures, new creations. Uh, the sin debt has been paid, and as a result of that, Paul says here we should walk in in newness of life. And uh, <clears throat> you know, as I get a little older, especially coming out of COVID, one of the things that I've I've heard people talk about is um, their memory's not the same, and um, I've noticed some of that as well. My, my memory's not the same. I, I've just started saying it. If I can't remember somebody's name, I'll just say, hey, man, coming out of COVID, uh, after COVID, my, my, my mind's not what it was. And so, you know, people don't, people don't like losing memories. But we need to be thankful that, that God has the ability to not just forgive. God has the ability to forget. Human beings are not made that way. We don't have the ability to forget. God does. And uh, God... Uh, God does forget. God forgets our sins. The moment you come to Christ and you for, ask him for forgiveness, your sins are not just forgiven. They are forgotten. Separated as far as the east is from the west. Buried in the sea of his, forget, sea of his forgetfulness. Never be remembered again. And uh, you have a brand new life. You have a brand new family history. Also, you have new freedom. Uh, you, you have a brand new freedom uh, from sin. That's verses 6 through 7. Again, you're delivered from the power of sin. Sin no longer has power over you. Unbelievers, before you come to know Christ, a lost man, he is in bondage to sin. He will do the will of his father, the devil, and um, just going to naturally sin. For Christians, it's not natural. Uh, The Bible says here, our old man was crucified with him, uh, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I think we have this mistaken idea. I think we have this idea that even after we're saved, there are these two selves that are fighting inside of us. That's That's not correct at all. It's just that, by the way, we're a new creature. We're a new creation. But we do have these old habits and patterns of living and sinful uh, uh, things that we did and, and have done that encourage us to live like we did before we got saved. The Bible refers to that as the flesh. There's not this fight uh, between two selves. You are a new creation, a new creature. But there are those old habits and those old patterns of living. And so... Uh, the great thing about being a Christian is we're not controlled by sin. We just choose to sin. But you don't have to. You're delivered from the power of sin. Then lastly, <clears throat> we're to have this new way of thinking, this new attitude toward death. That's verses 8 through 11. You know, the lost person absolutely fears death, absolutely scared to death of death. 
uh, might call it a survival instinct, fight or flight. Uh, but the root cause of it is just fear. And, uh, you know, people will do just about anything to stay alive. They really will. You, you read the story about what people will do. I mean, just horrible, gross story about what people will do to stay alive. Um, and so what Satan has done over the years is Satan uses this fear to control people um, and to keep them in bondage. But through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we don't have to fear dear. Fear, we don't have to fear dear. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death. Death isn't this dreaded enemy that Satan presents it as. No, it's a new beginning for those of us who are in Christ. And so what this understanding does, it breaks the fear that death has over us. Death, he says, no longer has dominion over him, Christ, or us. And so these are the things that we need to be reminded of. Next time we're going to talk about how you deal with sin. But if you're here this morning again and you've never trusted Christ, you're still in your sins. You, you are still under the penalty of sin. You are still kept by the power of sin, controlled by the power of sin. And you can be set free today from both the penalty and the beginning, be set free from the power of sin by trusting Christ. It's that instantaneous event of justification that then leads to the progressive steps, if you will, progress of sanctification. And if you've never trusted Christ, today won't you give your life to him? He loves you. He died for you on the cross. He rose again from the dead so that if you would realize that you're a sinner and repent of your sin, he would come into your heart, save you, forgive you of your sin, forget your sin, cleanse you, justify you, and you can begin to experience all that we've talked about today.